0: I am Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon. Okay. Oh, excuse me. That's okay, oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> the dome always does that to me. Okay. <laughs> so it's much. good to be seen. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and you're listening to Sci-Fi <laughs> Saturday night. Sci-fi Saturday night.
1: Sci-fi Saturday.
0: We were beginning in massive invasion. Tell your people to surrender now, and avoid war.
2: Don't think you get me so easily!
0: It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule.
1: It's make sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give your witchcraft. You think me to believe that you
0: can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed
1: up. Five by Saturday
0: night. From our virtual habitat and pseudo-studio deep in the underground living quarters of the James A. Kimmel Lookalike Warehouse in the spectacular Avian Pizza Party Plaza deep in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 252 and this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a mild headache from tryptophan poisoning, I'm the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, the rest of the Gang of Five, and we'll explain what the Gang of Five actually is. In Revered Time Vortex, technical anarchist running everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and pushing people's buttons because that's what she does, her own girl genius, Kriana.
2: Running seems like a bit of a strong word tonight. Brisk okay. walk.
0: A brisk walk with the occasional trot. How's that?
2: With the occasional trip.
0: Okay. From the stacks of our personal space in the Dank Dungeon's indoor Decepticon Library and Clone Garden, featuring Lionels and Ligers and... Oh, there's a robot. Oh, my. Our own Zombrarian.
2: You had to do something about lions this week, Dome.
0: I'm sorry. I, this exactly, week,
2: it's when, we're ha- when we are all mourning the loss... Of Cecil.
0: Yeah. And, and wait, none, of us going,
2: Party none of us will be
0: going to the Dowel Dome. I know. Also, I know.
2: spoilers. Cecil is a lion <coughs> who was what? killed by a poacher in Africa. I thought you were was, talking about Night Vale. I he was not talking about that. He was it.
0: killed by a dentist.
2: By an which asshole. An- wait, which just confirms my earlier theory that all dentists are evil. Not all, but... Oh, no, they are. Every my single dentist. dentist my, I used to have a dentist named Dr. Needleman. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> Real, life. Real, life. Many Real Many, many
0: levels. From a galaxy further away than possible, and yet not, a woman in chain mail adoring everything Marvel to the point where she can't decide who she has the bit, bigger crush on Chloe Bennett or Haley Atwell. I'm going with Chloe Bennett this week. Please welcome Sir Sarah, Lady Knight.
2: This week, we'll see how next week happens. That works. Also, for- I need a nap.
0: I think we all do. Poor pumpkin. The reason it's the gang of five back from the shadows. Our returning correspondent, after having spent three years in the industrial percussion rehab center, a man with two arms and the hands to prove it. Welcome back to Awake by Java.
1: Hey, everybody,
0: I'm back. We don't know why, but he absolutely is. He just called the other day and said, What day are we recording the show this week? And we went, Well, we'll see what happens. Our guest tonight, who will be joining us at the halfway point, Christopher Golden, to talk about his new book, Dead Ringers, and his part in the new anthology, My Peculiar Family, which you're going to be hearing a lot of in the coming weeks. Uh, I would say, but first the news, but I can't actually hear the sound effect, so if it happens, but first... Do I really want to play it?
2: Sure, go ahead. I'm playing it. It's going on right
0: now. I'm just going to talk over it,
2: too. That (laughs) sounds like fun. All right, now (laughs) it's over, so you can
0: go. So now it's over. Amazing. So, so Sarah and I, were talking before the show, uh, because it's what we do, and, uh, she seems particularly upset that Channing Tatum might not be
2: playing Gambit. <laughs> and by upset, you mean ecstatic? Overjoyed, possibly? <laughs> I
1: think raftery. it's
2: fair to say that she has strong feelings. I have strong feelings. I don't really have strong feelings about Gambit. I just don't care about Channing Tatum. I mean, like, I'm sure he's a, he seems like a great guy, but, like, I don't like looking at his face. Well, wait, I thought that last time. We discussed Channing Tatum and Gambit and all that. We came to the conclusion that somehow this followed logically. Number one, Channing Tatum looks like a baked potato.
0: <laughs> I would to call us talking about that. Yeah. We
2: talked about that part in depth.
1: And I think we two, can all agree
2: on that. That he's actually a good choice for Gambit because there is very little emotional... Or, you know, anything range needed to be Gambit. True. And the real question was, why are they focusing a movie on Gambit? Well, that is a very good question. because Gambit, Gambit... Is irrelevant. This,
3: it Gambit has this uncanny ability to deliver witty one-liners in a New Orleans accent.
2: Which is a adorable. And really... I'm behind this Gambit movie, I mean, by the way. I'm okay, but yeah, I want like, I am too, a kitty Pryde Pry movie. Well yeah, that would be awesome too. Maybe I want maybe or they or could like do a Storm buddy movie. movie. That would be movie. awesome. I just want movies that are about ladies and not about looking well, at Well sure, Candy but Tatum's if you face. have to have a movie about a dude, Gambit is a slightly more interesting dude.
0: But the problem See, with Gambit my... is is he's only a one liner. Yeah, he doesn't really yeah. do much of anything. But
2: that can work.
3: Yeah, but I mean, what are your alternatives in X Men? I mean, another are, Wolverine are gonna,
2: movie. <laughs>
3: are you gonna have another <laughs> Wolverine movie? I mean, Nightcrawler. I would go Nightcrawler. Go see, Nightcrawler.
2: I want a fucking Nightcrawler movie. Yeah.
3: I would go see a, a Beast movie. I would. Yeah, I, yeah, I, would that, I was, was gonna say movie. I would
2: much rather the, see a. Beast you know what? Movie. You know what? You you want a Beast movie? I'll, I'll give it to you. You just color the Hulk blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's my Jesus thing, doing awesome. a movie about, about Gambit is like if Disney was like, hey, you know, The Little Mermaid was popular, let's do a two-hour feature with a theater release about Flounder. That, that <laughs> may have actually happened. Beautiful. Well, but no, see, I, I think I... it was a direct-to-video, t- t- and I think it was only half an hour long, because you can't get that much out of a character like that. Yeah,
3: but well, I, I mean you're also
2: you're, me. also you're Get also guys, that-
0: yeah. guys, guys. I know we have strong opinions here. Calm down. One at a
2: time. No. Yeah, <laughs> guys but we want people to understand the words coming out of our mouths. So, so it's always yeah. a
0: good idea when well, that I mean
2: happens. you're ignoring the rich comic based backstory of Gambit that everything else ignores.
3: Because it's not worth talking about. No, it's actually pretty good. But the but the other <laughs> Part of this whole thing is that you you have to also remember that we're talking about the X Men franchise. You're expecting logical like logical decisions about the yeah. X Men franchise. I know. How really? many
2: Wolverine movies have there been? Pretty I mean, many. if they can
3: put if they can put some kind of smexy guy in there with a with a halfway decent you know accent, um,
2: that's probably why they fired Channing Tatum. He probably couldn't do the accent. Yeah,
3: probably not. I, mean, I thought he I mean, was from the South, though.
2: True, because... It, it's, it's not a Southern I'm, accent, though. It's, it's a, not a Southern accent. I'm from yeah. the Boston area. That doesn't mean I can do a Boston accent. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. And lots, yeah, of well, people, and- lots of people blend it into the New York accent, and it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys are bringing me around a little bit. Just because now I'm thinking back to when I watched the X-Men animated series back when I was a wee little Zombrarian. Um, which one? What? Which animated series? The X-Men Evolution or a different one? No. On, X-Men oh, Evolution no, no, no. is what I grew up so on. you and little. are no. so little and tiny so and the, adorable. i have like, oh, <laughs> oh, a baby. This hey, must be I what I don't want to like all the Tuesday. time. Okay, no, I'm talking about the one that ran concurrently with Captain Planet. Like, yeah. Saturday mornings, So right? I'm thinking back to that, and Wolverine was really a side one-liner character in there, Absolutely too. Absolutely
3: was, yeah. Yeah, but as a one-liner character, Wolverine did an awful lot of growling, and Gambit was always, like, bouncing off the walls and, and making fun of everybody, particularly Cyclops, which always made me laugh.
2: Yeah, because that no. guy's a douchebag. Yeah. No also I kind Cyclops. of wish no. Joss Whedon was writing this one because man. Oh uh, yeah. If ever there were a character for him.
3: Yeah, a um, male character. I, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, we so, can all I mean, agree on.
3: The the thing is that isn't isn't this movie like three years out? I mean, and and it's Fox. We can still argue about it. It's it's 20th (laughs) Century Fox. You're gonna see like three different directors and a whole bunch of producers leave and come back and and sixteen writers. It's gonna be
2: Electra all over again.
3: (laughs) (laughs) My
0: favorite story about a movie which should never been made: Electra.
2: And the problem is, it could have been so good. We could have had it all.
0: Continuing in Channing Tatum news.
2: Oh, dear God. <laughs> also, stop saying Tyler, Taylor Swift things. Uh, that that, that was an Adele thing. That no. was, Yeah, that uh, was Adele. They're the same, in the deep. They're not the same. The same. They <laughs> are nowhere different different so things. not the same. They're All right, Dom, tell people. us your Channing Tatum news.
0: My Channing Tatum news is that Channing
2: the Potato news. Channing
0: the Potato <laughs> <laughs> his news. Good. Is That's that name. there's there's the script is now complete for the other Ghostbusters <laughs> reboot, which is going to star Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. I approve I is- of Chris
2: Pratt. Tell me now. I'm so tired of Chris Pratt. Yep. Oh my God. But guys. Well. But guys. But guys. How much is Channing Tatum gonna look like a potato? Next when year. they wrap him in a foil suit. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Maybe, maybe they'll spray him with marshmallow that looks like sour cream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but also, like, why does this movie need to be made? We're already getting a great sounding spin off with one of the other Chrises as a secretary, the Hemsworth which, one. Oh, wait, which one is that? Uh, Thor. <laughs>
1: Okay, what gonna I was going to say, thought. is
2: that Thoriel, or is that the other one in the... The one no it's, one cares it's... about. <laughs> is that Katniss's other boyfriend, or Thoriel? <laughs> Wait, what? No, that's I'm Liam so Hemsworth. I'm so okay. confused. Liam Hemsworth
1: yeah. is
2: Katniss's other boyfriend. Yes. So,
3: there, so did the, have...
0: o- the only reason that this movie is actually even happening with the other female Ghostbusters movie... Is because Ivan Reitman, who was in the original Ghostbusters movie, is working on this one for some reason.
2: Honestly, I don't care about either of them. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. You know,
0: I'd rather see the female one, but... You know what me- I
2: hate about the female one? They, like, they're, they're all analogs of a male Ghostbuster from the other movie. Why couldn't they just have been their are own they- characters? No, they're not really. Yeah, they kind of are. There's one that's definitely like done up to look like Egon. Her hair is like poofed, and she's wearing the glasses. It's like, why?
3: Well, I mean, because it, I mean, this whole thing—the whole Ghostbusters remake thing—that people have been talking about for 20 years—it's it, always been a nostalgia thing, and just it's just the perfect storm of nostalgia actually leading to ticket sales. So, I mean, they want to capitalize on that. On that, have you seen the new um, their new ride? It's like an exact copy with a newer station wagon. Yeah. So, you know, it's no, just... I'm just
2: saying, it, if you're gonna do female Ghostbusters, do new characters. Don't make them... The
3: well, and, you know, that's something girls. that we kind of have with to rely...
2: Ghostbusters
3: We, we kind of have to rely on the writers and the and the actors, right? So, you know, you kind of <laughs> got to wait to see... <laughs> you kind of have to wait to see what happens with that. But, I mean, uh, when they put out set photos like they have... Um, I mean, that gets all of the people who really enjoyed Ghostbusters excited. And that generates the buzz that leads to tickle- ticket sales. So, um,
0: I kind of like the fact that it could have been tickle sales, but that's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, like, that's tickle all sales selling is a whole different thing. They're only selling tickles to me because, <laughs> honestly, every time I see a shot of them, I just get disgusted. Tickle sales comes in a very dark corner of Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now someone's going to go Google that and it's going to be your fault. Yeah, just like the Fifty Shades of Grey Teddy Bear was my no! fault. No! Oh, no, no! Please don't go there. It's going to show back up on Facebook. I know it. You know it I know is. it was limited time. They don't make it anymore.
0: Yeah. No,
2: the target ads are still going to show up. Now they're on eBay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And
0: in Chris Pine news,
2: who's that? Kirk.
0: He was, yeah.
2: The Kirk that doesn't no. stutter. Newkirk. No. Newkirk. That, that doesn't New Kirk. What? No. New Kirk.
0: That doesn't. Not New New, New New Kirk was the guy on Hogan's Heroes, but that's a
3: whole other story.
2: I don't know what that means either. <laughs> wah wah. <laughs> okay. Because
3: yeah, oh, I, a TV right? Land reference for the win.
2: Thank you. Wow, <laughs>
0: you guys are old. Chris Pine has just signed on, between ruining Star Trek movies, to be a Wonder Woman's boyfriend in the new Wonder Woman movie. Kill me now, please. So, he is, to he is signed to do a multi-picture deal for DC movies.
2: You know I would really, like a, I would really about... like a genre movie to be announced that's, like, good and not... A superhero movie,
0: please. That's, you know what? That's getting really hard to find.
2: Yeah. I feel really like it's more it, on TV that that's happening, like a lot, like the, a few sci-fi shows, and then uh, the new Expanse show um, that's based on the, um, the Leviathan Wakes books. Oh, now can can, can you want to talk there's a really yeah, tell, me, tell me about that because actually I haven't seen that so so the expanse yeah. is a space opera um, it's like so the it. books are from orbit so it's on sci-fi um, on Ci excuse me um, here let me put this in um, so let's see expanse is that how it's spelled sure um, yeah, and I yeah most... I don't it yeah Um. But is not. Can you work, please? Thanks. Um, I don't know that much about it. I haven't read the books because they're written by a guy, and I don't read books written by guys. But <laughs> there are um, a bunch of like main female characters, um, and it's yeah, it looks pretty good. So I'm excited. Yeah, for it's
3: it. on. Isn't it on the uh, the lineup for TIFF this year? I mean, that's. Oh. It's uh. It looks really really good, and not yeah. only that, but I mean, there's Boy Seven. Um, and a bunch of dark, uh, dark teaser. There's a bunch of movies that are genre movies coming out in time for Oscar season. Um, that, aren't, are that aren't. Those are the always the
2: pretentious, mo- crappy ones.
3: Well, pretentious like movies. that Channing Tatum movie that came out last year by the
0: Warshawski brothers. Which one was that? Yeah, what With Bill. It was just horrifying. Oh, like Jupiter
2: Ascending. I still, I still want I to see that. Seen that really? I guess what? Never going to. <laughs> guess Here's what? Deal, <laughs> Don't <though>. care. <laughs> movies based on books are still not original. <laughs> but like, look, Ant Man got made. What the fuck, guys? I still have yeah. not seen that, guys.
3: But it, it's... People enjoyed it. I
2: was really scared. It's
3: awesome. Yeah it really is kind of awesome and and the um the fact that we we've got this this robust um lineup for for the oscars yeah the oscars are where all of the pretentious artsy fartsy movies come out but if you want if you want movies that are going to be true to the genre like especially sci-fi movies or whatever um you're you're not going to get blockbusters they're not cuz like cuz we're we're, we, we have passed the time when, you know, pulp sci-fi was a, a leading genre in the public eye. Right I now, not think we've passed book...
2: it, though. I mean, we'll cycle back well, there it'll, eventually.
3: We'll cycle back, but we're just not, I mean, you're not, just not going to see 2001 A Space Odyssey. It
2: could be, we're due for a really good horror movie or, you know, fantasy anything. I and, feel like we're due for another pans labyrinth okay. fantasy like mm. yeah, another that, slow starter it, that can we please stop slaughtering that material Yeah okay. by good you mean not the hobbit y- Well that would imply that the hobbit was good and I would have to beat you to death No no with no, a no I stick. mean that I think that I mean a good movie I know what as you opposed mean. to the hobbit there we okay, go I, really I just wanted enough. to clarify no, 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 thank that you. I would have I to beat you, you to death with a stick if <laughs> you were actually no, saying. the Hobbit movies are are bad They are they're, abomination they're Unto the lord So bad <laughs> The lord being Tolkien The lord Elrond <laughs> 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 Slash Hugo Weaving Because he's the best Hugo yeah, Weaving yeah. is my favorite ever She named the spider On our balcony after Hugo Weaving Oh my god <laughs> Come oh my. on, that's the best spider name ever So yes.
0: Java. What have you got for your story tonight?
3: Oh, man. Well, I mean, if you're you're talking about, like, movies... um, I was hoping you were going to go there. We... Well, I'm not going where you think I'm going. (laughs) Because there are two movies that have already been slated to come out, and they're genre movies. And they're both based on books by one author. Um, Ready Player One is already in production.
2: We talked about uh, that, and I'm so mad.
3: Well, I mean, and we, yeah, we could talk about. I don't know if you've read the book, um, but I don't no, know. No, we'll I
2: like the book. I'm mad that they're making it into a movie. You got three well, but, minutes, but, to let him get to his point, guys.
3: It, Sorry, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see because because his new book, which came out uh, a week and a half ago, um, has already been the rights to it have already been purchased, and it's along the same vein. It's the same thing. It's a bunch of. Uh, 80s and 90s pulp pop, pop uh, culture references in video games and movies and, and books, and it's it's going to be impossible to secure all the IP to do that movie really well. But I mean, I don't I don't know how I, I just finished reading Armada a couple days ago, and I I kind of felt disappointed at the end of it the same way I felt at the end of Ready Player One because I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Um. And it's really interesting that those those books have already been secured as as movies, um, because I don't think that they are going to last, as far as as far as books go. Um, Where's no, movies?
2: No, they they're written. They're not. They're written to be appealing and entertaining to a very specific subset of people, and once those people. Because H past enjoying it.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Once we die, yes. yes.
2: <laughs> not you, don't. It's not written for you, Ready Player One. I know. I yeah. mean, you probably would enjoy it because you're cool, but it's written for probably Me. Kiana and I are the youngest ones who it's written for, and Java yeah. is also very young to enjoy it. I don't really care. I'm glad that he'll come back.
0: I was going to say, we kind of need to bring in our guest now and start with an apology for. No, no, no.
2: I've already got that.
0: Okay, cool. So let's bring in our mystery guest to sign in.
2: I'm working on that. I wonder sometimes if our listeners know exactly how much of the background of Sci Fi Saturday Night they really do get to see.
1: (laughs) It's kinda uh, scary sometimes, all right, isn't it? So hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got okay. like, I've
2: got like too many too many things going on here. I have two contacts, I gotta make sure I pick the right one. It is this one. I am almost sure.
0: Let's
1: find out. Hello.
2: Hi Chris. How are you? I, I'm making <laughs> little finger hearts at you.
1: I deserve little finger hearts.
2: You do. You do, actually, yes. You are on the ball.
1: (laughs) Well, somebody's got
0: to keep you guys in line. Uh, Yeah, many people do, actually. (laughs) Line. Welcome welcome to Christopher Golden, Chris. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Well, thank you. Sorry about
0: hanging you up earlier. Oh, no, no worries. It's all good. Uh, It is is what it is. So how Uh, are you guys? Well, uh... Uh, well, actually, we have an old cast member who's, who's back with the show,
3: Awake by Java. Hi, Chris. How are you? Oh, fantastic. That's he cool. heard That's you were cool.
2: going to be on, Chris. He's only here to talk to you.
1: It's That's a lie.
3: <laughs> it's not. You know what? I've got your new book on my Kindle, your newest book on my Kindle, ready to read. It's, it's ready to go. Very cool. So, well, I
1: appreciate that. I'm
3: excited. I appreciate that.
0: So let's talk about it for a little bit. Tell us about sure. the new book, Dead Ringers. Which, uh, by the way, on Facebook, everybody's going, is
1: that the real title? Isn't that the title of something else? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, because I find, actually, that uh, the titles that feel the simplest and that feel the, the most natural, like the, the most right, tend to actually work the best. And, um, and if you overthink it, um, you know, then, uh, then, I don't know, sometimes you end up screwing it up. And so, um, uh, although I assume that what you were talking about was actually Tin Men, Dead Ringers comes out in November. Um, but yes, on, on Facebook, we, I did have people going, oh, it's, uh, you know, is it fanfic about that David Cronenberg film? And in fact, it is not. And I did, <laughs> when, I, when I initially came up with the, uh, the title, it was really a placeholder um, because I was cognizant of the fact that there was this Cronenberg film. But, you know, the reality is that of the percentage of people who are going to see this book, uh, either whether online or in a store or in an airport or wherever they're going to run into the book, uh, it's only a tiny fraction of those people who've ever seen that movie. Um, uh, and, uh, and some of them hated it and some of them loved it, and I'm one of the ones who loved it. But uh, this has nothing to do with that movie. So
0: I thought I thought
1: Dead Rears was a Jeremy Irons movie. It is. But it's written by David. excuse me, it was directed by David Cronenberg. Oh, okay. <laughs> based on based on the Barry Wood novel Twins, if I recall correctly.
0: Yes. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good Lord.
3: Yeah, Tin Men is the one that I have on my Kindle. I don't have there the one go. that's not yet out. Yeah. I'm really excited about it though. It's it looks fantastic.
2: How do you how, how do you not have the one that's not yet out? Jeez,
3: <laughs> slacker. I you know, I my my the time machine is, is down for repair. Oh, true. I hate I, it my tortoise is in the shop.
1: So I two. have the one that's not yet out. Well, yeah, what, we would <laughs> think. What? We would think. That's
2: crazy. How did you get that?
1: <laughs> I'm special. Oh. Okay. Uh, that's no, true. so yeah, tin Men. I mean, I'm uh you know, I'm. it's so interesting to me what happens when... Because sometimes people have this moment that I think in their brains is like a needle scratching across a record, um, which is a sound effect that is still in use, even though so few people know what that sound means now. You still see it in movies... Yeah, you still see it in a movie or a TV show, and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, my kids have no idea what that sounds." You're They're dating
0: ourselves, even saying we know what it means.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's but in any case, I, I think some people have that sound in their brains when when you know they they go from something like Snowblind, which is a you know definitely a horror novel, to Tin Men, which is this sort of near future science fiction thriller, uh, and then in November back to Dead Ringers. Um, which is which is another horror sort of supernatural thriller thing. So it's um, you know. But to me, they're all about fear. They're all about things we're afraid of. Um, so that's my deal. You know, I try to think about the things that, that scare the crap out of me and hope that they scare the crap out of you too.
0: <laughs> it's it's talking about Tin Men. Uh, there's been a whole lot of resurrected. Uh, 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 the 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 new uh, Genesis movie.
1: Oh Terminator, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and you know robots coming back to take over the world and Cybernet and Skynet and the whole thing, but uh, this is uh, a very personal book.
1: Yeah, and it's different. I mean, you know, look, I, you know, I look. You know, this comes about because I think about. <clears throat> You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I have some pretty crazy friends who have some fairly, you know, uh, out there political beliefs. I'm not one of them, but I am a concerned citizen. And <clears throat> I look at the things that um, that we're doing and sort of extrapolate from the things that I'm afraid about right now that make me scared. And I think about, um, you know, you know, what's happening with the climate and where we're going to be in 15 years, um, you know, or 25 years from sea level rise. And, um, you know, and and even the best uh, extrapolations that you see from like NASA and stuff uh, are pretty grim. And we see that, you know, if you have one bad year um, of crops in certain places, that you end up with food riots and, and, and we had them in there just a few years ago in, in some places in Africa. and um, You know, so we have uh, we have a very tenuous balance around the world. You know, we're all really sort of globally interconnected by who gets what food and who gets what, what fuel and who gets what water. You know, we have people in California having fights and getting arrested because, uh, you know, because they've diverted water that doesn't belong to them. You know, I mean, this is This is happening. And so while I don't think the world is going to, you know, explode and the sky is not falling today, um, I do have massive concerns about what things are going to be like in a couple of decades, never mind five years from now. So that was kind of the foundation for me going through kind of thinking about, well, you know, and then I, so I basically I took those concerns and I married them to this sort of high-tech Hollywood Cinematic idea that I had, which was, <clears throat> you know, what if we, the United States, created uh, robot soldier drones, which is something that is definitely in progress. Um, you know, you can go online and you can see video of four legged robot drones that are being developed by the military. But these are humanoid in shape. Uh, and what if we, <clears throat> excuse me, could remote pilot them? You know what I mean? What if you could pilot them? Uh, like you're playing a video game, right? Uh, and, and basically, my thought was, if we can have these things, and you could say to the American public, hey, guess what? Uh, if we want to go interfere in Syria's civil war right now, rather than sending American troops into harm's way, and rather than sending planes that bomb and kill a whole bunch of civilians that we don't want to kill, or send drones in that may or may not have a lot of civilian casualties as well. We could send in these robot soldiers, the tin men who uh, would put zero American lives at, at, uh, at risk would result in far fewer civilian casualties wherever we're sending them. And would be much cheaper at the field because you can use them over and over and over and over. Right. And then if we built those things and, made them in America, and so hired Americans to build them, there's not one voter in this country, I'm sure, that you have a lot of, you know, depending on whose idea it was, the other party would, of course, object, but the point being, the American public would be like, you know what, Uh, I don't want to go to war, but if we're going to, if you can do it in a way that's going to make America, create American jobs... Uh, have no loss of life of American military, fewer civilian casualties where we're going and be cheaper of course why would you say no right I mean everybody would say yes to that <clears throat> and in a, a global economy 20 years from now that's going to be far shittier than it is now uh, that would be even more important so um, so I just had these sort of crazy thoughts about it and, and married them with my concerns about the future and Plugged it into this story where um, the results of American interventionism in all these countries blows up in our faces and, 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 and uh, the world is basically screwed.
0: It blows uh, up in our faces again.
1: Yeah, again. Yeah, again.
0: Yeah, you know, so, one, one of the things that, uh, that get, gets to me about this book is, is the fantasy slash science fiction trope of the disconnected warrior. You know, from from the time at which guns became the way we went to war, you it, it wasn't like a sword anymore where you had to go and be in the presence of that person. You could be twenty feet away, a hundred feet away. In this book, you're you can now be in another country. Right. And and just dispassionately uh fighting a war that you have no real emotion for. And right. yet, in this book, there comes a point, fairly early on, where that switches.
1: Yeah, and I don't mind spoiling that, by the way, because every single review, and even I think the copy on the book, spoils it, you know. So, you know, and essentially, you know, what happens with, well, within the first four chapters or so is that there's a massive electromagnetic pulse set, across, set off across the world by anarchists and then immediately the Tin Men realized, hey, we're still here. We should be waking up back in our tubes back in Germany. And said they realized that all along they've been lied to, that they were never remotely piloting the Tin Men, that their consciousness is trapped inside the Tin Men. They've been broadcast into them all this time, and now they can't get out. And the only way that they have a chance of getting back into their human bodies is essentially traveling from Syria to Germany, to, to where their bodies are being kept at the moment, and I I, I often say it's sort of like the Warriors, um, which is well, which is yes. exactly which I just <laughs> watched with my sons last week. I've obviously I've seen it many times, but they had never seen it before, and and they loved it. And uh, my my son Nick, who's twenty one, wants to be one of the Warriors for Halloween this year. You know. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, but I and he said, "Boy, you, I'm glad you didn't show me this when I was like 13 because it probably would have been trouble." Um, but um, but you know it, it is very much that sort of you know the, the let's we got to get back to Coney, and everybody's trying to kill us. I mean that's what's going on in Man. You know we got to get back to Germany and everyone's trying to kill us. So um, so it's it's this combination of a whole bunch of elements. But I'm uh, you know it's uh, yeah that's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. We had a conversation last summer in which I said, you know, I, I've never thought of you as a horror writer. I always think of you as a sci-fi writer. And then I got uh, I got told differently by a bunch of people afterwards. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: And the more that I look back at some of the old stuff that I really loved, you've this is, it's, Chris Golden is multifaceted in that Everything is interwoven and uh, realizing that when we first met you were writing I think Buffy at that mm-hmm. point yep and it's like yeah <laughs> It really was. It's really been that way all along. I I just kind of missed it, I think, more
1: than anything else. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I really think, you know, I've written fantasy, I've written science fiction, I've written thrillers, I've written mysteries and stuff like that, but if you go back through anything that's original of mine, and probably the plots of the things that are, are licensed properties, too, but certainly the original stuff, again, I mean, it's just all about stuff that, you know, that we're afraid of, you know? I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. It's not... uh you know, I think that you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring. You know, or it's about family, or it's, you know, I mean, but, but even if it's about family, you know, it's about the, you know, the, the fragility of love, and, and, and that in itself is accompanied by fear. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I guess life is fear in some ways, and I know that that sounds like a, uh, you know, a real sort of bullshit statement. But it's a hallmark card. Uh, right, come on. We know better yeah life is life is, life is, fear. is fear, that's <laughs> right, life is fear, hey, you know, but I saw something uh, you know on the the you know the wall of great philosophers called facebook um <laughs> that uh um that I thought actually really sort of inspired me recently um, and it was just some meme that somebody had posted, and it said, and this is grim, grim shit right, but it said uh, uh you know the next time you take a breath you know uh it said, uh, somewhere right now, somewhere right now near you, someone is breathing their last breath. Remember that the next time you take yours, no, the next time you take one of your own or something like that. And I just thought, you know, that is, that's what we're all doing. You know, we're just, we're just reminding ourselves and, uh, you know, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's, it's just my thing, I guess. It is kind of grim, quite frankly.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, I want you to
1: think about the things that matter to you. I want you to think about the things you care about. Even in Tin Men, like, it's an adventure. I'm not, you know, this is all subtext, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's an adventure novel. It's a war novel. It's a thriller. It's science fiction. It's all this stuff. And really, more than anything, it's a big frickin' Hollywood action movie, right? But underneath all of that, it's me saying to you, hey, listen, this world is pretty screwed up. And there's a lot of crap that you should be terrified of. So maybe hold on a little tighter to the things you care about, you know.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely right. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, talk about a project of mine that you've been a part of.
1: Which I'm very excited about.
0: Oh, not as excited as I am. The project is called (laughs) My Peculiar Family. And it's one of those projects that kind of refuses to die... (laughs) <laughs> and, <it's been laughs> and trust me, it's tried to a number of times.
2: So many times.
0: Oh, my goodness. Clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, for our listeners, this is the first time we're really getting into depth talking about it. Wow, okay. My Peculiar Family is an anthology of stories about Chinadale or Chastity Willingham Dimsdale. Uh, and her because unknown... you
2: can't name your person Katie.
0: I could have, but I didn't. Uh, and these are short stories based on people from her life that she has no clue who they are about. She's only found a box of tintypes in her attic. And based on that, what happened was... Uh, we sat down with a bunch of writers, uh, and Chris was one of them, and you, sir, have been magnificent in all this. Uh, gave them a tintype, gave them the setup, and said, write me a story about this person. And we now will have an anthology that the day that this goes up on our website, the anthology goes live on Kickstarter, And for 30 days, hopefully we'll get it funded so that we can get this puppy printed. It's called My Peculiar Family. And Chris, last year after its second death (laughs) um, at at Boston Comic Con last year, sat me down and said, I'm kind of a little upset you didn't ask me to be in this in the first place. Mm -hmm. But yes, I'm definitely going to help you guys out with this.
1: And... (laughs) Well, you know, I'm a fan of the show and a friend of the show, and and uh, and I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it, and 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 actually, you know, more happy that well, I, I I dragged in my buddy James A. Moore, who yes, uh, yeah. is a is a native of Atlanta who recently moved up to Massachusetts. I moved him up here in in the U-Haul, um, so he's now a local. Um, but uh, I dragged Jim in, and uh, and and mm-hmm. together we wrote the story, the the the, the introductory story that, that that brings it all together, I hope. And that in
0: way. itself was kind of serendipitous on its own, because that really wasn't what it was supposed to be. <laughs> no, I know. Hell
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? When I screw up, I make sure it's screwed up good.
0: Man, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we We had talked about doing a kind of good girl gone bad kind of deal, for, for your story, and, and I had a type all set for you, and somehow I had written this kind of cheesy little introduction to it, because let's face it, I'm not the greatest writer in the world, and uh, I guess James looked at it and went, okay, we could do this story, and you guys just wrote the introduction to the story better than I could have ever imagined.
1: Well, it was really fun, actually. I mean, I, I, I had a blast with it, and so I was happy that, that it worked out. And I do actually think that it's um, it, it's the story you didn't know you needed. You're <laughs> absolutely right. You're absolutely Because <laughs> it sets it all up, you know?
0: But the funny part was when you sent me the email and went, I don't know if you can use this or not because we wrote you the wrong story. <laughs> <laughs> And I sat there, and I looked at the attachment to the email, and I took a deep sigh, and I went, what else can go wrong with this anthology? And I opened it up, and I read the very first line of it, and just kind of went, okay, nothing went wrong. There you go. <laughs> it was, it's, a, it's an absolutely amazing thing. And you also uh, brought in Bracken McLeod.
1: Yeah, what a terrific writer.
0: Oh, my goodness and and uh you know you were you were instrumental in uh helping me resuscitate this puppy and and you've done some amazing work i can't thank you enough for for everything you've done for us
1: no it's my pleasure i've just uh you know we got to we got to make sure that the show stays healthy and keeps going and uh you know i i look at it you know it's funny because um you know i think about it uh you know, almost like the sort of fanzines from my youth. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, we need to have places that aren't a bar, uh, nothing wrong with bars, you know, but we need to have places where we can sit around and talk about all the crap we love, uh, and, and, and give that a conversation or bring that conversation to a wider audience, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I, I, I want to make sure that the, that the show sticks around. In fact, uh, uh, you know, I'm now involved with a podcast of my own uh, where we do, you know, something fairly similar with, uh, with Jim and with Jonathan Mayberry. And we sit around and we talk about the stuff that, uh, uh, that we're excited about this week. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, uh, you know, I think it's good. I think it's, uh, you know, we need to foster and nurture the love of, of, of all of these things.
0: And it, the, the cool part with this book is that it brought together a bunch of people who've been on the show or are friends of the show and, and just they all kind of said, yeah, this would be cool to do. Uh, even, even a couple of people who weren't actually considered writers, to be honest with you, um, one, one of whom is, is a terrific artist. And the other of whom uh, writes comic books and said, well, I've never really written a short story. And I said, yes, you have. And I held up the comic book and I said, what the hell is this? And he went, oh, yeah, good point.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: And, and of course, your input and, and the wonderful, amazing Tracy Hickman as well uh, have just, yeah, which is know, great. just lent such wonderful, wonderful... Uh, it's it's kind of like you know if we could bedazzle the front of it that would be cool.
2: <laughs> and I'm I not still sure, have I, one of those.
0: I'm not sure <laughs> I see that on an e copy, but I'm.
1: I'm I have a little crush on that girl in that what's that commercial? The the. Well, the know, commercial. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you admit that. Not that girl. The girl who's like, well, I used to be into bedazzling. <laughs> <laughs> that girl. She's so adorable. Uh
2: the
1: AT and T one, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. She's 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 really cute, and, uh, and I'm not it's, I'm it's, not saying that in a dirty old man way. I'm saying that in a uh, want to pinch her cheeks like an like a, an ancient grandfather way. You know,
0: I mean the the one great thing about this this podcast for me is I get to talk to writers, and I mean you know guys guys like you and Tracy and Ben Bova and, and uh, Norman Spinrad. And, uh, oh, gosh, who was that wonderful
1: person who threatened to... You,
2: you know that guy.
1: <laughs> well, whoever it is, you better not say well, it now.
2: is muted. It would... <clears throat> he made me cry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who made you cry? What?
2: Harlan, Harlan Ellison.
1: Oh, Harlan. <laughs> Didn't we tell Harlan stories the last time we were on? Didn't
2: we actually? Here's the thing, though. He was such a wonderful interview when we were on air. He was phenomenal. He just was terrifying.
1: (laughs) I love. I you know I love Harlan and I adore and admire him, but but he is terrifying and he's you know and and he prides himself on that. I think and he's you know he's um, very
2: serious about his privacy and protecting his personal information. We'll put it that way.
1: <laughs> well, you know, hey, it's so is Tom Brady. So, <laughs> yeah, <be saying>. <laughs> yeah. There's something we don't want to get in the middle of. Right oh, now. I'll get in the middle of it. Trust me, man. Lord. I will get in the middle of it. Why? Why would anybody think for two seconds that Tom Brady would hand over his personal cell phone or his personal like iPhone that has probably all kinds of intimate texts with his wife, who, who knows who else, and uh, and never mind personal like financial information, his communications with his manager and his agent. He wants to give the Patriots, excuse me, not the Patriots, the NFL, which is like the corporation that owns his boss, right? Yeah. He wa- they, he, he's supposed to give the NFL... The the, the the item that has all of his, like, communications with his representatives who are negotiating on his behalf for, like, you know, all of that stuff, never mind his, like, pictures of his kids and like, whatever might be on there, his banking information, whatever it might be, he's going to hand that over to, to the NFL? I don't think so. F you guys. I mean... Uh, evidently, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, anyway... That's my two cents. So, free Tom Brady as far as I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> you know what? He can walk away tomorrow and he doesn't because he still likes the game.
1: That's right. Absolutely. He doesn't need to do it. He
0: hasn't needed to do it for a couple of years, to be honest with you. Yep. So, the book is My Peculiar Family. I'm, ch- I'm trying to make a turnaround here.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I think should, you should have a picture of Tom Brady on the cover. But anyway... um. Oh, my, my when and, and the Kickstarter goes live when? Do you have a date Saturday, yet? Saturday, August 1st. Excellent.
0: Whenever I decide to open up my iPad and push the button. Let's Excellent. be
2: honest, whenever you get back to your hotel room from Boston Comic Con.
0: No, actually it'll probably be at Boston Comic Con because I'm just going to tether the iPod to my phone and just do it. It's
1: apropos. Yeah. If, you, if you do it at Boston Comic Con, it's apropos. I
0: would I I th- I actually believe it is. Yeah. Uh, and it features the works of people like Christopher Golden, James A. Moore, <laughs> Stacy Longo, uh William Meekly, uh da, 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 And Bracken. a
2: list, a list of people. have a
0: list of people and original And we're not
2: going to list any more of them. We're going to let you check it all out yourself on Saturday when it goes live, which is probably before you hear this podcast. So I'm gonna start the music now since you guys can't yeah. hear it. So I can't
0: hear it. And Kriana, what's happening on the show in the next couple of weeks?
2: I don't know. We're gonna be at Boston Comic Con. Um next week would be the cannibals, Margaret Margaret and Jesse Lundberg. And then on the fifteenth, they're spiders and I refuse to be here.
0: They're not actual cannibals, but
2: they're well, actual. Well, that's spiders. not cool. Let's find some cannibals. <laughs> Sir Sarah. Sure. Yes. Well, Sci Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Dome?
0: I want to thank Christopher Golden for being a gentleman, being a wonderful friend of the show, and for joining us tonight, even though we didn't get to him at 7.45 like we said we were going to.
1: (laughs) No worries.
0: From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana and our woman of words, Zombarian. Thank you so much, ladies.
2: I would eat human meat if it was grown in a lab. Good. To grown know. in a lab. Eh. Then it wouldn't be human meat. It would be fake human meat. Yeah. Well, I want to get real human meat from real living humans who are only fed chestnuts. That's
0: enough. Yes. Continuing yes. your own <laughs> personal galaxy quest. Thank you, Sir Sarah. Yeah. And back from the shadows and into the yogurt once again. Thanks, Java. Good to have you back. Mmm, creamy. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie. Shared pain is lesson. Shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
1: I know.